Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. All right, we've got a great show for you guys today. We are featuring James Barrett. He runs a company called Tenant Turner a lean, mean machine. They produce scheduling software for property management companies. Now, I know that sounds pretty, pretty tame, but they do more than just scheduling software. Um, but you know, let me read you the description here. Beautiful software with call center and electronic lock boxes at a predictable, affordable price. So imagine taking your property management business and I mean streamlining it, right? You could be across town sipping on a macchiato. And then, you know, simultaneously, you automatically send out a, a one-time use lockbox code so someone can go walk through one of your available rentals. Not only that, you've already now collected their ID online. You know, if you got their application, you validated them through a fraud checker. They go through and they say, hey, we want the place. Boom. You just got a deal done while sipping on your macchiato. That's the type of level service they provide. Now, James doesn't describe it like that. I decided to put that little twist on it. But anyway, hope you'll enjoy this episode. Uh, I thought James and I had a, a pretty good uh, good conversation. And uh, I think you'll get a lot out of it. So kick back, relax, enjoy it. Well, hey, James, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Nate. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing well, minus the allergies. <laughs> it is that time of year. Uh, I accidentally went uh, three times over the limit on the uh, over-the-counter allergy medicine the other day. <laughs> so you're, you're near OD status then? <laughs> oh man, I was, uh, I was feeling a little loopy yesterday, <laughs> but I'm doing better. But boy, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to uh, join us today. Um, excited to talk about what you guys are doing. Yep. And uh, we've talked about some solutions that gotten close to what you guys are doing, but not quite. So yeah, before I, I give it away, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, yep. let everyone know who you are and what you do. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm James Barrett. I'm one of the co-founders of, of Tenant Turner. And what we do is use software to help streamline the leasing process and minimize days vacant, which minimizes rent loss due to vacancy, puts money back in the property manager's pocket, puts money back in the property owner's pocket, um, and through that technology and those efficiencies makes it easier for a prospective tenant to rent a property. Love it. And now this is, this has been something you've been working on a few years, right? You guys got founded 2013. Yeah, we got started in 2013 as kind of a pet project. Myself, my two co-founders, they also happen to be my best friends from college. Um, and these were guys that also owned a couple of investment properties. So we each had an investment property. We were doing IT consulting at the time. And we realized that there has got to be a better way to get these properties leased. Because every time we put them on market, we're using Craigslist, and we're getting junk leads, and people are calling us while we're at work and in meetings, and we can't get back to them fast enough. We finally get somebody scheduled to go view the property, and then they leave us hanging. Um, and then we get so excited when we finally get somebody to show up and they're, they're not a good 
fit <laughs> properly. And then, you know, it's like you get that, you get that urge to, yeah, yeah, just sign a lease. Just go ahead and fill out the application. I'll, I'll yeah, that old bankruptcy, no big deal. That, oh, okay, you have a judgment for your life. <laughs> so, yeah, so you know, I did the tenant screening. Uh, I just yeah. noticed there was a lot of bad things, but you know what? We just got to <laughs> in there today. Yeah, I mean, if every landlord was was honest, it's like, you know what? Uh, I'm desperate. I don't want to do this anymore. And I can't miss any more days of work to get no showed at my rental property. So you're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I'm the first one to admit the first tenant I ever run into, I did zero screening. He just showed up, said he had a job, gave me a check for deposit. I called it good. Oh, yeah. I do not recommend that. Okay. So, <laughs> so you guys have been working on this since 2013. It's not, you know, you, you, you kind of pivoted away from your career in IT over to being a, a tech founder. Um, but what's the, so, and you described to it a little bit there, but what's the, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? Yeah, I mean, with with us and leasing automation, we're we're hyper focused on that lead to lease process. So from generating leads through our syndication partners, big ones like Zillow, Trulia, and Hotpads, or up and coming sites like Facebook Marketplace and Zumper, we create a network of people who we can syndicate listings to, um, and then we field the phone calls, handle the emails, do the follow ups, pre qualify the prospects, schedule them with their appointments, remind them, confirm with them. Um, get them, you know, to the property in as easy a way as possible. Um, and then once they've viewed the property, get their feedback and, you know, get them through an application process. So really that's our, our focus. Let's take all of these steps off of the property owner or property manager's plate and make it as efficient and streamlined as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's just so much, kind of like you said, make it efficient as possible. There's just so much friction. Mm-hmm. back and forth and segmentation segmentation in the industry right now and it it just makes the experience for everybody even even the tenant side you know they're yeah. they're trying to just find a good place with a landlord they they think they can trust or hope they can trust you know and and you know i think sometimes they give up they, <laughs> they really say fine i'll rent it <laughs> i see the outline on the floor but i'll rent it fine yeah. And it, and it really does. It, it starts the relationship off on such a bad footing for both people. If, you know, if the landlord is willing to almost accept anybody or the tenant's willing to accept almost any situation. And then yeah. it just sets the wrong precedent for the rest of the relationship where maintenance isn't completed on time. Payments aren't submitted on time. Everybody's a bit disgruntled. And then as we know, moving sucks. So then people aren't going to want to move and you know so oftentimes they end up in a bad situation and then they get stuck there because they don't want to move because moving sucks yeah yeah totally i I understand that so why do you think now though and because you know this is this is something that is getting a lot of steam there's a lot of competitors entering the space why do you think now it's finally happening that we're seeing solutions come to this this uh segment of the industry yeah, I think some of it's based upon the founders, you know, so for myself and my co-founders, we, we got into this industry accidentally, you know, so we're in that accidental landlord category. Um, we bought homes in mid 2000s before the real estate bubble burst. And those were our first investment properties. And we were exposed to the real estate industry and renting and being a landlord. Um, yeah. And honestly, if the the economic downturn didn't happen, that may not have uh, been the case for us. So, you know, you're getting some founders that, you know, had some properties, maybe they came to them accidentally, and they're trying to bring a new spin on an industry that has oftentimes just lagged behind. And I would say within real estate, 
you know, real estate often lags behind other industries, but within the real estate community, the rental segment lags behind the for sale um, side of things. So our, our target market was even, you know, further behind without the appropriate tools <laughs> or technology. So. Yeah, I, I, I feel that I have looked at some of the solutions uh, my landlords have used over the years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. It is not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say it's say the least. So walk me through some of the things that, uh, the specific things that you help property management uh, companies or, well, let me, let me specify that first. So it's, it's property management companies that are primarily using tenant turner, right? Yeah. And, and kind of in our development, we were, we were initially focused on kind of the individual landlord um, who might've had one or two properties. That's basically, we built a solution for ourselves, myself, and my co-founders, that was our, our environment. Um, and then as the company evolved, we kind of got pulled up market to, to property management companies. And a lot of those companies, they're either managing third party. So somebody's right. else's property, um, or maybe they're an investor that has 50 properties or a hundred properties and they need new tools to help them continue to do development and focus on their primary businesses. So, um, so yeah, that's our, our primary focus is those residential property managers. Got it. Okay. And then, so what are some of the specific services that you provide then for those companies? And, and a lot of it, you know, the, for, in terms of like the value that we provide, because a lot of these companies are small to mid-sized businesses, they've got a lot of fires to put out on a day-to-day basis. They don't always know what their schedule is going to be. They don't know what's going to be in front of them on any given day. And also within the rental industry, there's a lot of stakeholders, you know, whereas, you know, if you're just in a normal kind of store type commerce environment, you have a storekeeper and you have a, somebody who's purchasing the product with rentals, you have the owner, you have the tenant, and then as the manager, you're the liaison between the two. Um, and then you right. always have to, you know, market the property, which can generate a bunch of leads. So there's a lot of, lot of people in the mix. And so a lot of the value we provide is handling the phone calls, handling the emails that are coming in from a tenant lead or all the tenant leads. And something that's kind of unique to the rental industry is you get so many, you know, you put a property on market and if it's priced right, you can get a hundred tenant leads within a matter of hours, days, or weeks. Um, you know, on the flip side, you know, which, you know, for one, that means it's right for automation on the flip side. If you're trying to put a home up for sale, there's an agent standing by to capture those one or two or three leads. And they really want to work them in more of a traditional sales process. But yeah, with the, on the rental side, it's, it's like drinking from a fire hose. And so what we can do is with our, <laughs> you know, our CRM, we can really help streamline that process, consolidate everything in one area <clears throat> and make sure that the people are getting responded to. They have a self-service option and the landlord or property manager isn't on the hook to handle all That's, that. It's so interesting, actually. I, I like, I've never just like compared it, but the difference in the rental market versus the, the buying and selling market. In the buying and selling market, you want every possible Absolutely. lead you yep. possibly get. In the rental market, you literally only want that one <laughs> lead. Like, yes. I, and I, I give this advice to like friends of mine who are just getting started in, in rentals or they're thinking about it. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm going to give a plug. Uh, to Avail right now because Avail does a really good uh, job with this. They have what they call like a, a renter profile. Yep. Uh, I I I call it 
the, the, the prelim application is what I tell people. Yep. I make sure they have to fill that out before I even set a time to where you come see the property. Yep. I only do an open house if I'm getting no movement. Yep. You know, like I basically make it, it is impossible. You must be full qualified. You know, you need to be like the highest intent on, I need to be in that place yesterday and then send me crystal clear information. I want the best resource. And by the end of the day, it's like I had 50 people email me and two of them get an opportunity to yeah. see the place, period. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone else either doesn't fill out the form. They're, you know they're going to be a no-show if they don't fill out the form. Exactly. Don't even set that appointment. <laughs> yep. yep. You got you to get them bought into the process. You got to get them on board with it. You, I mean, you, you almost got to make it so easy for them to, to make it through because they're going to they're gonna get distracted. Um, and oftentimes there's a lot of people, and we say it's over 50% of people who inquire about a property are just flat out not a good fit. You know, so some yeah. they get distracted and just don't do what they're supposed to do. And then others, they would do what they're supposed to do, but they are just not a good fit. They have a pet and it's a no, no pet property. They have a government housing voucher and you're not going to accept one. Um, well, you can't do that anymore. In some states, state by state. Oh, is it state by state? I thought it was past federal. No, nah, so law, lawful source of income is one of those things that can be controlled on a state by state basis. So uh, okay, so up here in Washington, they they passed that. They actually did it at the local level first in my city. Yep, uh, and then they passed at the state level that you could no longer discriminate based on the source of income. Is how yep. they described it. Yep. So that's uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. That's a new one for people. Credit yeah. score is still valid, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like with the lawful source of income one, it's, uh, there's requirements that are put on the landlord and property manager if you rent to somebody who has a government housing voucher, including in right. and, you know, how you can collect rents and if somebody's not holding up their end of the bargain, you know, so oftentimes landlords and property managers don't want to rent to those folks. And right. with those new rules they don't have a choice. Do you, so. do you guys provide any sort of assistance or tools for uh, that category of uh, tenant as well? We do. We do. So, so all of our, our pre-qualification processing and lead scoring that we, that we do is all fair housing compliance. So we create a framework for people to be able to structure their questions, get answers, knock out people who aren't, you know, a good fit. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, what we find is like the, the tenant leads, they're not offended. They just want to know. You know, so when they call 10, you know, you get 10 different people to call and each one's going to say, oh, do you accept, you know, a government housing voucher? When you say no, they're not mad at you. They might be disappointed that they can't get your house, but it's better right. that they know up front versus them going through a whole bunch of hoops where they're ultimately not going to get qualified or get the home. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, the communication is really going to make a yeah. make or break everything. If, if, if everyone knows where they stand on things. See, this is that East Coast thing, man. I love it. <laughs> this is why you know uh, you got to straight shooter. You got to keep it real yeah, just, with people. You know, you just hit me with it, man. If you yeah. don't like me, don't like me. That's okay. Yep. Uh, no, I, I get it. I think that's that's cool. So I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. So that that's kind of built in. And then obviously, you guys have like a wait list. So if you're generating more than you know qualified leads and you need, you know, that can help you out with filling units on a regular, consistent basis. That kind yep. of stuff. So uh, talk to me. I want to know about this a little bit. And I I try not to get hung up on features uh, too often, but talk to me about the lockboxes. Yeah. Lockboxes. Because this is something that I'm hearing more and more being talked about. Uh, And then I've got a follow-up to to why I I think this is important. 
Yeah, and with self-access, it's becoming more and more popular. Um, we were actually just doing some analysis on it. About 30% of the active rentals on Tenet Turner right now are utilizing one of those electronic lockboxes. Um, and what that allows tenant leads to do is get themselves pre-qualified, upload a copy of their ID. Tenant Turner will also push them through a third-party fraud detection check to weed out people who might be up to no good. Um, and then they each get a unique one-time use code to go view the rental. They get the key out of the box, open up the key, and then they can show themselves around the property. Yeah, you actually do a physical key. They're not all smart locks. Yeah, we have a mix. So, so within okay. the rental, you know, in, in within the rental world, uh, margins are tight, particularly for third-party property managers. And so, the electronic lock boxes they're they're relatively inexpensive. They can buy them for sixty, seventy bucks, um, and they can move them around from house to house as they become vacant. Yeah. With the uh, smart locks, you know, those can cost a hundred, one hundred and fifty, on up to five hundred dollars, depending upon what type of lock they're looking for. Yeah. Because a lot of our customers are third-party managers. They've got to get the owner on board to change out the locks and move to a key-padded lock or a Bluetooth lock. So we offer those as options, um, but candidly, those haven't been as nearly widely adopted as, as what we're seeing with the lockboxes right now. Yeah. So the reason I want to talk about that, because you know, historically, property management is a very labor-intensive business. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets mixed. Most people think that the property manager does nothing. They just collect the check. Yeah. And that's the end of the day. And, you know, if you've ever had a bad property manager, it feels yeah. like that, you know? Yep. But that's because there's this constant push and pull of, if I want to become profitable, I have to go get more units. Yep. But if I get too many units, I can't service them. So then I'll stop servicing you know, the bottom 10%. Yep. And then I'll become profitable. But if right. I, well, maybe I don't want to stop services. I'll go back and service them, but now I'm no longer profitable. So I've got to go back and get more units. It's like this, yeah. it's just this vicious cycle. So this yeah. is where, this is where I see this as such a game changer because you're enabling a property manager effectively. They could be at five places at once. Absolutely. Yeah. They absolutely can do that. And, and that, that's been one of the biggest problems. You know, and, and think about different cities where rentals are more prolific. I mean, they also tend to correlate to high traffic areas, you know. And when do most people who have good jobs want to go see a property? Right Saturday. Five, six, Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so it, it becomes almost impossible to try to meet five different people at five different properties while navigating rush hour traffic. Or if you want to maintain some level of sanity to actually show them on Saturdays and Sundays when yep. people want to go. So it, it is a game changer because it's allowing people to grow and scale without having to hire additional leasing agents or showing agents. Um, and then another... Which thing, that costs money too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're hiring, say, some realtors who want to make a little side money, you know, because that's usually who you'll find doing these yeah. little showings. They're not serving as the prop property manager, but they're able to, you know, they they can know how to handle the relationship professionally. They they work yeah. the relationship. That's fine. Um, but you know, got to pay fifty hundred bucks per showing, regardless of what market you're in. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a company in, in Seattle that's doing it. It's 40 bucks per showing, but, you know, it could take four, <laughs> 10, 20 showings before a property gets leased. And if you're paying 40 bucks per, is that, that's is that Octahub? Um, the company I was thinking of is called Show Digs. Um, oh, Show Digs. Uh, okay. Yep. yep. I'm so not they, familiar with them. Yeah, they're, they're, I think the, the CEO, uh, co founder is from, 
uh, property wear, real page background. So definitely a lot of good industry insight. And it's a good alternative to self-access viewings if you, if, you know, they have a network of agents that are, are there, but there's a cost to, to being able to do it. Um, yeah. And you really got to, you, you, you really got to, you know, there's a, there's a give and take there. If you have somebody who goes shows it, who's not you, who's not the property manager. I actually just talked to one of our customers about this today. He's using some outside agents and, you know, somebody will say, okay, so what's the pet deposit? And the person doesn't necessarily know their policies. And then the worst thing they can do is tell them an answer. <laughs> they make up an answer. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there is none for this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with property management, it's the funniest thing that, you know, people in this industry, they're very um, kind of flexible. Like they, they do create rules and guidebooks for themselves, but you know, they will charge a higher security deposit if you make a little bit less money. There, there's, there's this like this room for negotiation. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I, I say two and a half times rent, but you got two times rent, just give me double security deposit. So I did once, um, first place actually, that was a legit move out place. Yeah. It might've been 19. And I, I meet with this guy. Now we called this place the basement house. <laughs> first off, this is the first time I've told this story. So this is kind of fun. Uh, we called it the basement house yep. and we roll up and it's in the basement of this like multi-use weird building. And it was cheap. I think me and my buddy, we got to split it. Each was like 300 a, a month. Nice. And that's like, a steal. It was a steal. Yeah. I walk in, yo, there's stains on the <laughs> carpets. Okay. He had carpet in the bathroom. <laughs> All right. And so really I said, call on a rental. <laughs> I said, well, first we negotiated the rent price. We got it down, you know, like yep. 20, 40 bucks a month, something like that. Yep. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, well, you're going to, when are you changing the carpet? He said, well, I'm not doing the carpet. I was like, oh, that's a problem, man. I, I, we were ready to sign. I, I can't sign with the carpet like that. Yep. So like, well, I can't change the carpet. You know, what if you guys leave in, in three months? I said, tell you what, reimburse me for the price of the carpet now. And at the end of our one year, pay me $100 a room for installing the carpet. I was like, that way you got your full year use out of the carpet. Yep. And, and he went for it. It was kind of cool. That's awesome. Strong work on your part. I think really telling of, of the relationship at a showing, right? It's like yeah. when, when you get there, if, if it's somebody who doesn't necessarily know the rules of the property management company and whatnot, like there's always people know there's room for negotiation. They're going to try yeah. to negotiate on what the rent amount is, a deposit amount is, or some sort of maintenance. Because the reality of it is not every home you walk into is perfectly situated, right? Oh no. It'll need some new carpet. It'll need some new paint. And that's when those conversations come up. So it sometimes it's all about being that squeaky wheel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, you, I mean, and, and, you, and you really get them where they, where you, where you need to, it's like, ah, yeah, I was about to sign, but, this yeah, I'll, yeah, I was right here. I'm all yeah. good, except that one, <laughs> that one last thing. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let, let's, uh, sorry, we'll bring it back here. So, um, you know, you guys have been up and running for a few years. Yep. Um, we talked a little bit about prior to the show, you, you keep a pretty slim team. You guys are nice and trim. Uh, eight people yep. at the company? Yep, that's right. So nice, slim and trim. It's all, all US-based, all headquartered here, our office in Virginia. So uh, top-tier talent. We've you know, really well known for the quality of our product, the usability of our product and the support that we provide folks. So we staff up appropriately when we need to. Um, but we really are always looking to automate, always looking to use bots and AI and things that help kind of naturally improve themselves uh, without us having to hire a bunch of folks to do it. 
Would, would you say that that's contributed to you know, the ongoing success that you've seen? Or, or what else would you say has been helping you guys you know, grow as a company? And not necessarily, obviously, in people count, but yeah. in working with more and more property management companies. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's around reputation. A lot of it's around quality <laughs> of what we can provide people. Um, you know, what we've seen is we got into working with property managers probably in, in 2015. Um, we started working with some big property managers, some small property managers, but we were always open to hearing their feedback. We always want to know where our customers are, are, are looking to take this type of process and how we can further improve it for them. So very customer driven in everything that we do. Um, and then that also kind of dovetails into constant iteration on the product constant usability testing to improve user friendliness, and then having a support process that, you know, is available to people. You know, we use, we use a chat tool for support and, and our normal wait time is 20 minutes. You know, that's, that's almost wow. unheard of for just about any, you know, software company. But if you build a good quality product, it's much easier to stand behind it and get people, you know, their questions answered as they need to. So is that, that's the intercom that's on your uh, homepage? Yep. You like intercom? Is that you feel like that's a, a must-have for this type of service? Um, I mean, I think I think for for any kind of SaaS software, it, it, it's it's great to have you know some sort of chat tool. You know, we we were at one point we we had Zendesk for support purposes, and they had a chat tool. Um, intercom just seems to get things right, and and for us, you know, it's powering our help center, it's powering our sales chat, it's powering our support chat, and so. Um, we really like that service. So, got it. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned that the team is all based in the U.S. Are you also only working with U.S. property managers, or do you have uh, plans to go outside the U.S.? So we have some uh, Canadian customers as well. Um, we've been approached by some Australian companies, but there, there's so much opportunity here in the U.S. and and we will put some more uh, effort in, into getting customers in Canada, um, particularly through our partnership with Buildium. So Buildium's a, a property management software out of Boston. Um, we launched a partnership with them last March, and we're their exclusive provider for showings coordination and scheduling software. And they had a bunch of customers in Canada already. And so oh, okay. they started adopting it. And then we have conversations with people and a you know, little tweak here, a little tweak there, particularly around our pre-qualification and our syndication partners um, made a big difference and it's kind of opened up that market for us as well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it, that it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, I know that there's like subtle differences, but if you're going to start expanding internationally, Canada seems to make pretty good sense. Yeah. And in the Canadian rental market, you know, it, it's, it's pretty hot, you know, but it's a little bit more seasonal, you know, but we, we kind of experience that now anyway, you know, some of our customers, you know, especially because we're a leasing software, right? So some of our customers in say Minnesota, they do minimal leasing during December, January timeframe. During the tundra. Um, that's right. They're just like, nah, we're doing that. But that's, <laughs> that's where like some features like, you know, putting, you know, putting people on a wait list and getting interest and stuff like that. They've got summer and then tundra. <laughs> summer and tundra. Exactly. So they, they have, you know, we, we try to optimize for their, their summer leasing season, uh, and give them some tools to get through it during their, their tundra season. I'm, you know, I'm preparing for that as I uh, get ready to relocate to Chicago. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll see what that's like out there. <laughs> yeah, my, my brother, he, he lived in Chicago for a few years and we went, went out to visit him one March and coming from Virginia, I, you know, I, I thought I was prepared. I had coats, I had pants, I had hoodies, I had everything I thought I would need. 
I was still freezing my butt off. There's just <laughs> something, there was just something about that wind. Uh, oh, it's cold. It breaks, breaks. It breaks through denim. It does. It does. It's, it's not like anything I've ever felt before. So I know. You'll, oh, love, my it. Goodness. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to be walking. I'll be looking like, what's that kid off of the Christmas story movie? Oh, where it, yeah. out? <laughs> <laughs> no, just like a giant starfish right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, I want to shift the gears a little bit here. So, yeah. you know, we talked a little bit about, and, and this is getting more behind the company here of Tenet yeah. Turner, you know, so we talked a little bit about you guys staying lean, you know, or, you know, foundings a few years ago. And, you know, I did a little bit of research looking up the crunch base. It looks like you guys have only raised a, a small amount of money over the years. Yeah. So we've, we've raised some seed capital and, you know, some of that came from, from investors in the mid Atlantic where we're headquartered. And then we also spent uh, three months out of Y Combinator in 2015. And part of that process was their, their startup boot camp where we were able to learn from some of the, the best and brightest about, you know, software development, you know, mm-hmm. SaaS business process, customer success and sales. So that was a great experience. Um, but then also part of that was, was a little bit of a, of a fundraising exercise. So we raised a little bit of money. Um, we haven't gone out and raised, you know, venture capital. Once you kind of exit the seed stage and get into venture capital world, um, things change. You know, you have, you have different... <laughs> uh, it's just a different group, group of folks in, in terms of what they're looking to get out of the investment. And Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, that's what I was going to ask. Like, you know, especially right now where the, the, the awareness of real estate tech is so high yeah. and, you know, it's not like it's, you know, a few years ago, it probably would have made a few people turn their head sideways yeah. instead of prop tech or real estate tech, but it's become yeah. pretty ubiquitous in the last few years. Yeah. You know, thank you. We work, thank you. Open door, yeah. um, you know, vision fund with SoftBank. you know, just, plowing money into the US. But why not go down that route? And we may, we may, you know, and, and really for us, you know, it was, it was a goal, all right, let's, 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 let's achieve some self-sustainability so that way we're in the driver's seat and we were able to do that with the seed capital we raised. And then now it gives us the opportunity to be more choosy of, of which groups we want to partner with in order to, to raise some additional funding. Um, and we've had some really good conversations with some folks, some folks, you know, kind of in the, in the DC market who, who have had some really successful prop tech investments and they're looking to kind of continue to, to further that potentially will be one of those investments. And we've talked to some folks out in California too. And for us, I mean, you know how it is. There, there's just something about prop tech that is unique. Um, yep. and it, it really helps for everybody to kind of be on the same page and having, been there, done that a little bit within the industry. And so those are the types of partners that we're looking for. Um, and there are more now than they've probably ever been before. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's one of the first pieces of advice I give to uh, other, you know, startup agencies who say they're going to focus on uh, realtors as clients. Yeah. I'm like, well, you might want to pick a different vertical. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you see all this money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what you got to understand is there's so many nuances and, yep. and little details and things you got to see, you know, the business actually, while we're talking oftentimes, you know, of assets that are worth hundreds of thousands, the vendors along that path are getting very, very small slices oh, yeah. of yeah. that. And, and, you know, depending on the, the, the deal volume, 
even makes it more challenging because mm-hmm. uh, then, you, then you have a significant margin issue and then that becomes a cost uh, containment business, yeah. uh, which is you know very difficult to scale out. So yeah, very cool. Well, I'm going to give you, want to hit you with this one and then we're going to jump into a different segment. But sure. we've gone over quite a few things about Tenant Turner, but just in case, if there is anything we haven't yet covered that you think people ought to know about Tenant Turner, what would that be? Yeah, I would think, you know, just just with Tenant Turner, you know, some things that as I step back and look at it, I find really fascinating is just, you know, how many people, how many prospective tenants really want to do self-service and want to leverage technology, you know, and it's really up to the property managers and the owners to deploy that technology. It's their decision. You know, the, the tenant leads are just captives, but we look at how many people call into the, the phone number we create for each of our customers and over 70% choose to go a self-service route without speaking to somebody. Um, you know, and as we talked about, a lot of this is driven based upon demand for things that are happening nights and weekends within this industry that, that, you know, makes a lot of sense for people to be able to go get themselves scheduled, get themselves pre-qualified, even get into the home on their own. You know, we're, we're seeing that there's just so much demand for it. Oftentimes people are like, oh, it's just the millennials. That's all. It's, it's, it's whoever's renting right now. It's those empty nesters that are renting. It's the millennials that are renting. It's the young professionals that are renting. Mm-hmm. People just want to be able to do it on their own. Tenant Turner helps them do that, which makes the property manager more efficient and profitable. Um, but it's also a great resource to differentiate from their competitors. And it's also a great resource to say, look, if you want somebody to go view your property on Saturday, I can't show them, but they can go on their own because of the secure electronic lockbox. You want somebody to be able to answer the calls on Tuesday at 8 p.m.? I'm not going to answer the call, but the system will, and we'll get them able to get scheduled to get access to the property. So self-service is just, you know, it's on the rise everywhere, but within this industry in particular, it's it, it's critical. I love it. I love it. That that Even the answering service, uh, <clears throat> that was something one of our guests uh, way back, I think in our second season, uh, Tyler Cobble talked about, you know, he's a commercial broker in the, in the Nashville city uh, area. And he, you know, he talked about that. You got to have someone a- able to answer the yeah. phone every single day of the week. He's like, but he's like, dude, I ain't working on Saturdays. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but he's got it's someone answering the phone no matter what time. Yep. And, and you think about it too, and we talked a little bit about how many, you know, how many properties these tenant leads are calling on, it, 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 they can't keep up. Like if you don't capture them in real time, and let's say they leave a voicemail Sunday night, and you, you know, work your way through your list Monday, and by two o'clock Monday afternoon, you call them, they're like, who are you? What rental? I'm how going many- through this right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is, ter- let me tell you, let yeah. me tell you, it is terrible. It yeah. is terrible. I had somebody call me today. I was like, I, I've tried calling you back like three times. Yep. So, oh, well, that phone number doesn't work that I was yeah. talking you from. That's my CRM number. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Just, oh my goodness. Give, give a phone number that can accept phone calls. So no, we, yeah. no, she was texting me from a number that doesn't receive phone calls. Yeah. Like, add that one up. All right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Great. as we're Great. looking into the future of prop tech, rental tech, all the tech, uh, we're going to move into my favorite segment. There's a little game we call For the Future. Yeah. So For the Future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. James, are you ready to play? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what does Tenant Turner look like one year from now? Ooh, great question. 
Um, I, I would say one year from now, um, we'll have more integrations with more smart home technology, smart access solutions, um, because that is a driving force within the industry now. New Bluetooth locks, new smart home automation tools, and all of those are starting to connect with the Google Homes, the Alexas, the, you know, the different devices, the Nest, and the smart thermostats. Um, and with Tenant Turner, you know, we're oftentimes that initial gateway for that person to be able to view that home using those hardware devices. Yeah. Very cool. Question number two, get out your crystal ball. What will the housing market look like one year from now? Ooh. So the housing market, you know, we, we're, we're constantly monitoring things. And from the, the rental side, it seems like demand's as high as it's ever been. And it feels like supply is decreasing because so folks who maybe were those accidental landlords from 2005 to 2010, they're starting to sell off their inventory. You know, so even though institutional investors have come in and have bought homes and they're using them specifically for, for renting, um, it feels like the supply of rental homes is on the decrease and the demand for them is on the increase, which is good for rents, good for property managers, um, but maybe not necessarily great for prospective tenants. Yeah, you know, I want to, if I can, can I, can I add on a theory there as well yeah. as on the, the squeeze on, on uh, supply? So obviously, you would agree with this, I, I think. We have not kept up on supply. Yeah, we, we have fallen behind on meeting demand with adequate amount of supply and relatively flat for the last 10 years. It just hasn't yeah. really budged. At the same time, the general rule in, a, in good economies is that one person will rent a two-bedroom. And in bad economies, three people will rent a two-bedroom. Yeah. And I think what we're seeing, even though affordability is a significant challenge nationwide, um, which honestly... It plagues my thought every single day. I think about this, but uh, people are are feeling really good about where they're at, mm-hmm. you know? and and they're I think at the top end. And I, maybe, and I would like your your thoughts on this. If we see some turn and some slowing down in some economies, and you know, actually uh, some some pullback from companies, uh, do you think we'll see a sudden surge of supply, or do you think it'll be gradual? That's a good question. I, I feel like I feel like with you know kind of this political climate that we're in right now, it feels like things have been gradual. You know, gradual reduction in interest rates. You know, gradual increase in in um, the employment rate. Um, but it also seems like there's opportunity for some volatile spike to happen at any moment. You know, for whatever yeah. reason. So. So, you know, I think given what we've seen, it's been more gradual, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know. Well, we're headed into election year. So, I mean, come yep. on. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's so funny, like some of these macroeconomic conditions, how they impact, you know, our industry and impact our customers. In a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on. Question number three. What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Mm. Industry trend. Oh man. Um, you know, I, I I would say within our industry, um, may I don't know. Maybe we we, we probably disagree on this, but uh, like some of the, some of the credit uh, credit score related things. 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of this constant where, where people are looking for a particular credit score. And I feel like all the conversations I've had with some of the better property managers, you know, if they look at what's around the credit score, you know, like the judgments and the evictions and the liens or behaviors and stuff like that, that's so much more telling. Um, but it's so easy, I think, to look at a score and kind of reject or, or deny. And so that seems like it's a, it's a constant thing. Um, some of the things I, I think that are going to help with that, there are now some companies who are helping facilitate the reporting of good quality credit for tenants, you know, where they pay their rent on time every month for, yeah. and that will positively impact their score. So that way they're not kind of left out in the dust. So yeah, so, shout out credit booster from Avail. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, and it's true. And it's, 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 it's I don't think credit bill on a monthly basis. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, if you pay that, you should get credit for it, you know? And, and you know, there's, there's a, I don't know. I've always looked at it. Like if, if you are willing to take care of your rent payment, you're the type of person I would rent to personally. If you didn't pay your cell phone bill or you missed your car note, but you hit your rent payment every single month, you, yeah. know, you fell on some hard times, but you, you prioritize appropriately. If you've got a judgment, if you've got, you know, an eviction from the past, you're just telling me that you don't prioritize your, your housing as yeah. top priority. So, yeah. so, you know, I think sometimes things can impact your credit in a negative way, more so, you know, particularly for our audience. And then on the flip side, not everybody gets credit for the rent payment when they probably should. So it's great that those types of products are, are you know, helping kind of correct that trend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mostly agree with you on that. Yeah. We're, we're, I think we're in alignment. We're in alignment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, it's kind of, it's kind of controversial because it's, it's, it is the way and you do have to weed out bad tenants. And obviously we as a company, myself as a landlord, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. The reason I would stick hard on credit score is because as a landlord, I believe you need to preserve your rights to say no where you can. Yeah. And it's a hard and fast thing that you say no to. Yep. yep. And I agree. And, that, and that's really what it was. It was meant to be this rule of thumb, easy yep. indicator of a person's quality and indication if they'll be able to pay. Rent. Right. You know, and I reserve the right to rent someone with a lower credit score, yep. you know, if, if there's other areas of qualifications. So that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Question number four on for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Hmm. So something that will change the future of real estate, you said? Well, change or fade away in real uh, estate. Okay. Um, I, you, you know, one, one thing I've noticed with some of these technologies, Tenant Turner included, there are certain positions that I think are likely to fade away. You know, there, there are certain roles that can be automated and executed in a way that empowers a company to operate 24-7, that empowers a tenant lead to do what they want to do. It's not just on the leasing side. There are a couple of maintenance products out there now who are kind of taking the place of like a maintenance coordinator role. So I think there's there's some there's some of those those roles that have can't really been problematic for the property management industry. They're hard to recruit for, they are hard to retain people for, and it normally requires them to put in more effort. A maintenance coordinator or a showings coordinator are people who need to be willing to travel, to be able to answer phones, deliver in a consistent way. And that's just not something humans do in a consistent way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so I think there are, there are going to be some roles that have existed in this industry for a long time um, that have the potential to be automated out. And hopefully those folks can find a, a higher calling and, you know, something that will, will be more beneficial to them in the organization. But there's definitely still some of those roles out there that with the appropriate software, the company can save some money by utilizing it, but those roles themselves will probably fade away. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, and there's a, I think there's a, well, we've had a few people give specific roles. I'm not going to call out any roles right now. I'm yeah. going to leave be your, your, uh, <laughs> all right, we'll move on to the last three. These are questions more about you, James. So our okay. listeners to understand and know more about you. Cool. Uh, first one, what are you reading? What am I reading? Um, I just, uh, grabbed uh, radical candor. Um, which is kind of a leadership book on oh, how to, good. yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good little book. I'm just getting started with it. By um, Kim Scott. Yep. And so it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a relatively quick read kind of self-help leadership type book, but how to, you know, communicate with people, um, in a way where you're being honest, but still ultimately moving things forward. So being honest, getting, you know, the right outcome, uh, but doing it a good way and being empathetic of everybody's position. I love it. Have you ever read, uh, Crucial Conversations? I have not. It kind of reminds me of that. Okay. I'll jot that one down. That could be next on the hit list. Is this, is that, oh, it's got an endorsement from Sheryl Sandberg. I'll read anything endorsed by Sheryl Sandberg. <laughs> that, that's, that's a confession right what, there. What about a James Barrett endorsement? Does that, does that have the... James uh, Barrett endorsement gets added to <laughs> my wish list. <laughs> a Sheryl Sandberg endorsement gets added to the shopping cart. <laughs> See, you know, there's a little bit of selfishness in this podcast that I added. What are you reading? Um, because that's, one of the ways I expand my reading list. Yeah. I just, I, I, I'll add all the books and then I either get them on Audible or, or sometimes I buy them before I'm even done recording. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. Question number two, who are you learning from? Ooh. Um, you know, we, we have a great network of, of mentors and advisors. Um, but I would say at this stage in my life, I feel like I learned so much from my kids. Um, I have a seven and a nine-year-old. And, you know, they might be having a, a bad day. And I think I'm having a bad day. And I see them kind of persevere and push over and, you know, get done what needs to get done. And it's like, man, if my nine-year-old can do that, and I'm a grown man, you know, I need to do that, you know? So it, little things like that, that, that they, 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 they've definitely helped open up my eyes uh, on how to be a, a better person and help me learn to be a better, better human, better leader. So, yeah. You know, uh, I, I wish I was logging this, but a lot of founders who are also parents uh, have, have, have said similar things. Yep. And I, I don't have children. I have a dog. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I haven't. Can't say I've learned anything from him, uh, other than he's got me trained. But yeah, exactly. uh, it's so yeah. fascinating when I hear people say that. You know that they're yeah. learning from their from their kids, and, and it, it, often it, think it's the other way around. But and it's got to be the right age. I mean, if you had asked me, and my kids were like two and three, <laughs> like they're not teaching me anything. They're they're running when they're the thirteen, practice. they're going to teach you everything because exactly. they'll know everything, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, what inspires you? 
Um, I, I would say just success and not, not any sort of financial success or almost it's hard to even like quantify it, but I want myself to be successful in terms of winning and doing well by the people around me. I want my team to be individually successful, achieving their goals that they've set for themselves, whether it's a quota goal or an NPS goal or a a customer success or retention goal. Um, you know, making sure that people can, can do those things. And same thing for our customers. Like they come to us with a problem and if we can go in there and we can solve it for them and help them be more successful, I get energized from that. And that inspires me to come up with the next feature and collaborate with the team to improve our processes. So um, just, just making sure that people are, are successful in whatever goals they're setting for themselves and actually realizing and achieving them. That's so cool. No, I, I love that. I love that. Um, James, this has been awesome. Appreciate yeah, the book recommendation, great. all the details. Uh, I, I love love your uh, the way you're going about this. You know, you're not just going out raising money because it's the thing to do, but building a lean machine uh, and and serving uh, your your customers right by making the whole rental experience better. Um, there's a lot of people out there that man, consumers would love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. We just want to be loved, you know. We just want people to be happy. It was like, oh, so that's why my property manager is awesome. Okay, I get it. Hey, before we head out, uh, people want to connect with you or learn more about Tenant Turner. How do they do that? Where do they go? Yeah, best place to go is just our website, tenantturner.com. And as we talked a little bit about, we've got a little chat tool there that will connect you with a team member. Any questions, comments, or concerns, you can throw them our way. And then me personally, just james at tenantturner.com. If anybody has any questions or needs uh, anything from me, I'm happy to, to share and collaborate. I love, I love the prop tech community. So anybody who's listening to this, love to connect and share some war stories or see how we can help you improve your business. There it is. Well, we greatly appreciate your time uh, in sharing and uh, you know, come visit us in the tundra during the winter. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> hey, beautiful in summer. So I'm coming down to DC in, uh, in a few weeks. It's right now, at least is the plan. So I'll kind there of be go. out your way a little bit. But hey, look me up. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we'll catch you later. Cool. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list so you never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.